Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Genuine Chit Chat. This week is part two of my chat with Molly. Now, if you haven't already, be sure to go back and listen to part one, but I think this episode is good enough to listen to by itself, so if you don't fancy it for whatever reason, no problems at all. Now, last week we spoke about Molly starting university, um, we touched a bit on sort of body language uh, because she did some sort of arts project about it that obviously isn't put delving into because half of you have already heard it and the other half aren't that interested. Um, we spoke about failure being healthy, um, university and the general education system, and then the episode sort of ended with us discussing um, sort of intelligence of children. Um, I said children are stupid, I didn't necessarily mean that children are dumb necessarily, but we kind of you delve into it a little bit more and I kind of unpack my idea a little bit more. So, yeah, that's fine. Um, as well as, you know, unpacking the idea of children's intelligence, we also talk about helping people, um, the creative unemployment program, and when Molly was unemployed and sort of what she kind of did to get out of that and what she basically does for a living now, including basically organising festivals for uh, young people. And there's loads of great stuff we talk about. Um, and then we reminisce, towards the end, we sort of reminisce a little bit about, because um, we went to school together and whatnot. Um, so that was cool. And then we spoke about transgender just a little bit um, because Molly knows someone who's transgender. And maybe if I'm lucky, they'll come on the podcast at some point because I'd love to chat to someone about that sort of thing, especially not someone who's like a big Hollywood person who's like, you know, in the limelight, like Caitlyn Jenner or Laverne Cox necessarily, more so someone who's on the ground floor in it, in a sense, you know, someone who, it's just a different dynamic. And I'd just be really interested to hear a perspective of someone who's not famous and is transgender. So yeah, maybe that will happen in the future. Maybe it won't. If it doesn't, then I'm very sorry to all of you. <laughs> now there's no promos today, so um, there's not really anyone to introduce. It's just straight onto the show as soon as I finish this sentence, essentially almost. Or am I never going to stop? Am I? Am I? Okay, um, I am going to stop now. So um, I'll be back at the end to talk about what's going on next. You know, be sure to like us on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter and all that usual sort of jazz. Anyway, thanks as always for listening, guys, and I'll be back at the end. Welcome to Genuine Chit Chat, where we have honest conversations with interesting people. And I'm your host, Mike Burton. I will be fair, I'm not saying you shouldn't listen to 13-year-olds and no knowledge comes out, mm. because you get you get a lot of kids, or even like seven or six, or anything, they come up with such profound, brilliant, intelligent things. Yeah. That, like, I've, I think I might have used this example before on the podcast, but uh, my niece, Amelie, uh, she's 11 or 12 now. Um, when she was 7 or 8, um, this is just comparing how much more intelligent she was than I was that age, okay? Um, she drew a picture when she was 7 or something. Um, it was for me. And she drew a rainbow. And she also drew a sun and a rain cloud. Because she oh, said... Oh, damn, she knows. Yeah, because she was like, you can't get rainbows without both. And I was like, I've drawn rainbows up to the age of probably 16 without either of those things. Because I didn't... Obviously, you can't get rainbow that sort of thing, but I hadn't even considered that. In and the drawing, yeah. Kids, and there's a there's a podcaster. Scientific that, drawings by <laughs> by Emily Burton. There's um there's a uh, podcaster. Um, with, there's a podcast called Young, Free, and Coupled, and I think I've mentioned them on the podcast before. I really recommend people go check them out. But um, it's two people. Um, it's um, Issa and Shamika. Um, they're both they're two parents in who living in London. Um, I think they're about thirty. And um, I was talking to Issa over Skype. And he's got, <clears throat> they've got four kids. And they were talk- one of them said to him, uh, he said, Dad, how do you uh, make hope? As in, uh, now, that's, now that's a really low question. It was basically like, how do you become hopeful about the world around you? As he, the, the kid was asking, how do you retain hope for other people? How do you, oh my God. how are you hopeful for, and I, he told me that. I was like, that is such, I could do an entire podcast <laughs> yeah, for my- two hours talking Woo! about hope. Yeah. About how make hope or how 
you can create hope, how hope affects people in different ways. It was like, I think that his kid, he said, was quite young. I think it might have been seven, but it, I, I can't say for sure. But um, yeah. it was definitely under 10. And I was just like... That's amazing. And Because kids do... Kids, their minds haven't been... The kids' minds are so open and free. But what happens is, I think, uh, probably is a lot of education, a lot of parents in the wrong ways and other factors kind of force them into these little compartments. Boxes, yeah. yeah, and crush them. And shape. I, I kind of describe it as... Using sandpaper to file off the edges of Ooh, the of the yeah. mind. And that's kind of what happens. You try to make everyone this perfectly spherical ball. Yeah. You go to work nine to five. You do well, this job. They you want do the office. to be able to understand everyone, don't they? Yeah. So that's why they do that. So yeah, exactly. You're you're gonna go in this little box. Mm. So I under, understand exactly who you are mm. and what I can give to you. Yeah. So it's easier for them. Yeah. But it's not easier for the child, is yeah. it? But that's uh, it. Was good for you to pretense that. Yeah. Because me saying all well, kids are stupid. I mean, like. In the general grand scheme of things, I think, in, on an individual basis, when you look back on the knowledge you've gained and how you grow, because so, there are certainly 13-year-olds that are more intelligent than I am in academia. Well, yeah, I agree. You know, there's loads of people who are, like, way more intelligent than me, and they're so much younger. Yeah, it's but it's just... obviously... One of the weird things with intelligence is that I always find difficulty in is trying to define it, because well, yeah, you can't... It's, it's um, multi-layered, isn't it? You can have intelligence in so many various different things well, i think you and i are probably fairly similar intelligence um in general from what i remember of you in school our discussions now and that sort of thing but if we did say tests of everything we know there wouldn't i would fail them all. <laughs> <laughs> they wouldn't be i don't know yours is more about the arts and more uh with people organizing that sort of thing whereas i have like little pockets of knowledge and random stuff and i'm quite organized individual in in some sense as well but when it comes to artsy things i'm not Mm. as in tune with it and that doesn't mean I'm more or less intelligent but it's like with Callum you know mm. Callum Callum was a mechanic I don't know the first thing at all it's about great electricity skill to have. Or, exactly I don't yeah. know anything about that world but then you get people like Josh mm. who is um, just incredibly intelligent academ- academically but for example I'm not saying this is intelligence but like I know way more about films than Josh does right it doesn't mean that I'm necessarily less intelligent or more intelligent than Josh, but mm. the capacity of my brain and what I'm interested in is in different places than Josh. Yeah. Josh knows way more about video games than I do, but yeah. I know way more about uh, films, but I listen to a lot more music than he does as well. Mm. So there's all these little different things. Which I think is fine. Like I, um, <clears throat> You've got things that you're interested in, don't mm. you? So I don't go out of my way to learn things that I'm not really that interested in. Yeah. And I don't know whether that's a bad thing or a good thing, but... Your own you know, you find you find your own niche, don't you? You find oh, yeah. the things that you really like, and then you learn about them. Yeah, and then you become really good at them. Yeah, because that's your profession, or that's, that's your jam. Your, yeah, that's what you're into. So, mm, it's your calling. You know, there's no, there's no way to compare it, is it? Because no. you're all everyone's different, mm. and you can't know everything. And no, no. even when you do know things, and the more you find out that you know things, the more you know that you don't know. So I've said that before on the on the podcast as well. It's, it's, like, it's exact thing. The more you find, the more, the more you, you know, the more you know you don't know. The more you learn, yeah. the more you realize you don't know. Yeah, it, it's madness. It's just these shit. You know, of... like what is truth? There is none. There's nah. no such thing. It's perspective. But we'll probably just not talk about that because that's quite. That's a heavy. That's big, quite that's a Big heavy subject. Uh, truth. I'll yeah. just come down here and talk to you about moral philosophy. A few yeah, times. Well, uh, yeah, philosophy with Molly. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Falafel Molly. Falafel Molly. Falafel Molly. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like you've that's got your a own... great name. That's almost like you've got your own philo- philosophical falafel and pancake joint. That's what Ooh, you think of. You've got like fal- nice. making falafels and also making that's pancakes. That's a good business. Yeah, falafel Molly. Yeah, falafels. Yeah, and you can falafel come into this cafe, get get your food, 
and have a philosophical conversation. Yeah, and you've got little cue cards on the tables, which have just got some crazy starter really objective questions. Yeah, starter questions. They're all different coloured. What are you having for your starter? And it's a type of question. <laughs> <laughs> you'd have um, you could have like three tiers of it. And you have like advanced starter. So if you've been here before, yeah. take out the, the red cards. <laughs> oh, this is a deep one. Ooh. What is hope? Oh, damn. But you can have the starting ones of what's a calling in life. And like This <laughs> is a great... We need to make this. We need to somehow generate... Let's do a Kickstarter. Someone write that down. We'll do a Kickstarter. Get in contact with with us. Save loads of money. We need someone who's got loads of money and just doesn't know what to do with it and just yeah, wants to invest and we'll it. we'll make this amazing cafe yep. that has loads of workshops and talks and stuff. That That'd sounds cool. great. That'd be really groovy, actually. We should do that. That'd be lovely. Maybe. We could Maybe. make that happen. Probably could. We could. <laughs> we could just go into a, like, we could ask someone, you know? Just a random bloke on the street. Yeah. We'll go ask some of those people on the beach down there. Hey, do you want to start? We're going to start <laughs> for philosophy. Come, do you want to come up here and uh, have a little chat? <laughs> <laughs> come up here to this not, totally not dodgy looking random door in an alleyway. Yeah, I've got a really creepy alleyway uh, that leads to my flat. That it's... sounds so euphemic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a very creepy alleyway that leads to my flat. Okay. My... <laughs> Um, <laughs> let's loop back round again on where are we going, philosophy. Molly? Where are we going? The road to nowhere. Um, I was going to talk about what you're doing now, actually, because um, some of the stuff you're doing, talking about like festival organising and all sort of other yes. stuff. So you finished uh, finished uni yeah. and you're, um, you got your degree and stuff. And then where'd you go? Oh God! So I I was a student ambassador, student ambassador. Like oh, student ambassador. Whoa! Could not say that. <laughs> student. Ambassador. There we are. Take We've done breath. it. We've done it. It's, go. it's all good. Stretching my neck. Right. <laughs> um, and I did that until like June. So I stayed in Chichester for a little while. Then yeah. it was August. Uh, maybe I stayed until July. I don't know. Anyway, then August happens. And that's like theatre goes crazy around August time. So I went up to Edinburgh. Worked with a few people. I worked sort of like three jobs when I actually... Four jobs. I, I forgot about this one. I was flyering Ooh. for another company, and that was actually paid, which was great. The other things I was doing was for free. Right. So um, I paid flyerer. <laughs> so I was going to so just handing out flyers in different locations at different shows right. to promote a specific show. Oh, okay. It was a great show. It was um, um, a guy was doing sort of circus skills. Um, okay. But it was really sort of sort of mesmerizing performance with mm. sort of juggling balls and it was about like aging in time and it, it was just amazing performance which yeah. you wouldn't have ever i guess when you say circus people wouldn't have thought about that mm. so i was promoting that show got paid for it good pay as well nice. amazing so that was good uh so i could pay for my food when i was there oh. i was camping with someone because i was help. so he paid for the pitch it was really expensive just to camp and it was really far away from like the main Edinburgh festival. Because it was this fringe. Yeah, yeah. it's the fringe, Edinburgh fringe, yeah. So, um, sorry, <laughs> just assume everyone knows. Everyone knows about <laughs> my life. <laughs> and um, so we had to get the bus in every day. Um, but I was helping him with his solo show, just turning on and off the music, getting people in mm. to see the show, getting people out, that sort of really basic thing. Then I was helping with an organisation called Forest Fringe. Mm. They're amazing. If you're into contemporary theatre, uh, they do lots and lots of stuff. International organisation. Look them up. They're great if you don't know about them. And then also, um, it's the first year that I was volunteer coordinator for Purbeck Valley Folk Festival. So whilst <laughs> I was there, <laughs> whilst I was there, I um, 
was sort of making the rota for 130 stewards mm. and getting in contact with people, telling them what their roles were. And then after that, after those sort of three weeks there, I went to, you know, Perfect Valley Folk Festival and led the volunteers. And then after that, I just didn't have any jobs. <laughs> <laughs> you had all of them August, once. August Four was busy. Once. Yeah. But most of them were free. I yeah. was doing them for free. So for the experience, you know. <laughs> but I had like, you know, my accommodation paid for, even though it's camping, still good fun. Yeah. Had a blow up bed. Was, they're actually really comfy. I found that. I, I love bought, them. I only bought one about a year ago. I, I used to go camping I've still got one. one up because I've just moved into a new flat and I didn't have a bed until the other day. So yeah. I've been sleeping on a blow up mattress. They're surprisingly comfy. I love it's them. Weird. Ben you... hates them. Really? I don't know why. Is it, is it worse it's if there's weird. two of you on it though? I don't know because he's obviously I'm heavier than him mm. so he's like plumped up I'll be the one that's like touching the floor yeah but does that mean that he's rolling into you constantly hmm he wouldn't mind that <laughs> 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 so yeah after that I didn't have a job and I was looking for ages very long time it was very depressing everyone's always asking you so what are you doing after uni and you're like oh god i don't know i don't have a job mm. i don't have any plans i'm just trying to find a job that i love so i was just applying for loads and loads of stuff applying for things in london because apparently everything's in london <laughs> yeah and then no one would take you because you don't live in london yet yeah um, so apparently you have to live in London to be able to get a job in London, but don't you need the job to have money to be able to rent a place in London? Well, anyway, apparently, whatever. <laughs> so I couldn't find a job and I didn't want to apply for anything that I didn't like, but I was still applying for sort of like normal jobs that weren't theatre-based or production or marketing-based or anything Just like that. Just you're right with. Yeah, like sort of um, recruiting jobs or even like s- stuff that was similar to being a student ambassador. Because I really loved that. I really liked helping. Because being a student ambassador, you you obviously are you are an ambassador. Does that even make sense? You're an ambassador for um your university, but you also you also go to schools and help them choose their GCSEs or help them decide what their you know understand what university is, understand what UCAS is, yeah. and help them make those decisions. Which yeah. I I loved that. That was mm-hmm. great. Like, what do you love? Like trying to help people, guide them to what they want to do. Mm. So that's really exciting. So I was like, oh yeah, I could do something like that, but nowhere would employ me like I just couldn't get a job and I had a good you know I had a two one degree just wasn't getting anywhere I even applied for um Odium oh really and they would they didn't want to hire me either really no oh. I tried KFC <laughs> nope <laughs> <laughs> um but I could yeah I couldn't find one that's KFC is probably the only job that I applied for that I didn't want Luckily, I didn't get it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but I was um, applied for loads and loads and loads of jobs. Then I sort of gave up, went away for a little while, came back. Then I signed on, which was the best thing that I did because um, you get loads and loads of different opportunities if you sign on, especially if you're, well, for me, because I know, especially if you're doing creative stuff. So there was the inc- creative employment program that was set up by the Arts Council. I was going to say, just because people, in case they aren't sure, uh, especially if there's any uh, people who are listening aren't from Britain, um, signing on is uh, the job seekers. Oh yeah, so jo- like, signing on to job seekers. It's basically so just saying... Job centre. So yeah. saying, registering that you're unemployed and that you have to go to the job centre every... If When you're younger, mm. you have to go every week. So if you're, if you're an older person, mm. you only have to go like maybe twice a month or once a month. But I had to go every week to 
prove that I was applying for jobs. Because they give you money as well. Because they? they give you money. Two hundred yeah. quid every two weeks um, or something. Yeah, it's not that much. No, uh, but it's better than a pharmacy. <clears throat> but I wasn't there for the money. Actually, oh of course no. I signed on because I was like, right, opportunities and stuff. Going to help me get a job. Mm. Job center, in my experience, wasn't that great. They didn't help me. They didn't understand creative subjects at all. They didn't get it. Mm. You know did a degree you know but apparently that doesn't matter <laughs> so um, but i could get an opportunity through the creative employment program which is run by the arts council it's not currently running at the moment but mm. there are other um avenues like um oh goodness what's it called there's other foundations if you want to know email me find me you know, and i can let you know i'm very bad at trying to remember things off the cuff that's fine um People can but look it up. <laughs> if you're unemployed and you don't have, uh, and you come from a low income background, mm. you can get certain opportunities and they say, oh, because you're registered as unemployed, we will hire you, basically. Mm. So there were uh, a range of in, um, in internships that I could apply for. And because I was unemployed and registered as unemployed, mm. you have to be registered. So, and that's where I found B-Side and that's what I'm doing now. So B-Side was doing... Um, the role was festival producer and marketing assistant. Mm. <clears throat> Those were the two things I really wanted to learn about. Yeah. I wanted to. I was good at organising people, good at putting things on, good at getting things done. But I also really liked sort of um, designing material, designing programs, flyers, posters, Graphic all that sort of thing. Sort of yeah. yeah. So I was like, okay, I want to try marketing, see mm. what that's like. Mm. But I also want to be a producer. Well, here we go. B side. Who I'd never heard of before, uh, were doing the fe- festival producer and marketing assistant role, as and one, I was like, "Oh my god, like that's perfect. That's exactly what I want to do." Yeah, and I got it. How amazing! Fate. <laughs> I know. I was so happy. I'd never heard of Portland before, so obviously I heard of Weymouth, mm. but I didn't know where the hell the Isle of Portland was. Mm. I'd never heard of it. I just it's not something anyone. Had, talk to me about no i only know vaguely so. yeah so i didn't know i didn't know about it. I was like, how far is this mm. and um then i went to an interview and i got it yeah. they they called me they were like you've got you know we want to offer you it um you gotta find out how to live here you know so i moved in within a week you know i found somewhere to live i was lodging and there we go you know i started that was four days a week mm when I started and they've had me on ever since that was over two years ago yeah so I've got a couple of different contracts from them since then yeah so it works usually works as a six-month contract basis really but I'm now their youth program program coordinator and marketing assistant so still a marketing assistant. yeah you're telling me about this on the beach it was really interesting hearing you talk about like the sort of programs you're saying because you're, you're helping yeah. young people almost orchestrate their own festival and things yeah you? yeah so um so I've been part of a few things throughout my time and <clears throat> I was part of a Y residency program hmm. with the South Bank Centre in London. They're a really big, well-known organisation if nobody knows. Hmm. Google South Bank Centre, they'll be right there. Um, <clears throat> so it was a really cool thing to be a part of and yeah. it was a week-long residency and it was involving people who um, were doing stuff, young activists who were doing things in their... Um, local area and I'd just been doing a research project that was sort of funded by the Arts Council around, it's funded by the Arts Development Company 
who are a great organisation if you're based in Dorset and looking for creative support, creative work, creative mentorship, Google them, they're amazing. They've got loads of courses, free courses, and a network that you can join. Oh, cool. And also Wave Arts Education, who are based in um, Paul and Bournemouth. Okay. So they funded me to do a research project, me and Rachel Dunford, we shared a job role. Mm -hmm. And... um, research project around creative opportunities for young people. So I met with over 211 young people, asking them, I sort of led workshops asking them, um, you know, what are you currently involved in creatively and what do you want to be involved in? If you were to organize your own event, what would it be? So then we're finding out what they want to do and perhaps, you know, I want to set up an organization that works with young people to put on those events that they've suggested. Yeah. That's that's what I've got in mind. That's what I want to do next is right. create that organization. Okay. I'm sort of in the midst of trying to do it, but it's like time and stuff and yeah, not having yeah. money. But um, that's what I want to do. Work with young people to put on events mm. um, that they want to do. like Yeah. And have the organization support them because all the organizations in Dorset do want to support it. They just don't have the means to. They have the money or they have the in-kind services. They just don't have perhaps um the person in the post for the, they don't have the time yeah really. the department we yeah. do need is a lot of with that sort of thing whenever it's organizing any people whether it's mm. obviously the marketing side of being it's organized. a lot of outreach well exactly it's yeah. like when, when you're being organized if you're even just doing marketing that takes time with mm. every job role obviously it's time and if there's a whole new branch of things or something which is so open-ended mm. in a sense as mm. almost community outreach of mm. just we want to help people do mm. things they like it's like well to mm-hmm. even start that, you need so much groundwork yeah. to really, yeah. So I totally understand that. And like all the organisations are really like keen to work together. Yeah. So that's amazing. So I got involved with the Why Young Activists programme because I had that knowledge and I'd done that sort of um, research, had that knowledge and had some real strong opinions on education and um, sort of creativity. Yeah. And so well, through that, they, they run a Why Festival. So every other year... They run a Y Festival, which, and Y stands for what's happening for the young. And basically the Y Festival um, is based around the UN conventions on the rights of the child. Mm -hmm. So it's all based around young people's rights, children's rights. And so that's really exciting. That's just an exciting thing. So I was like, I want to do that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I want to do that at B-Side or I want to do that wherever I can. So I posed it to B-Side and they said, yeah, let's go ahead, let's do it. So we're partnering with the South Bank Centre and we're hosting this September a Y Festival. So that's amazing, amazing thing to be doing. So through that, I've applied for two pots of funds. They've both been successful. Nice. Woo, hooray me. (laughs) And um, we've got money. I'm I'm not sure I can actually say who it's from yet because it hasn't been fully confirmed signed off that I can um, market it yet. No, of course not. With no, funds, with some funds, you can't um, say it until a certain date. Oh, of course not. I didn't need to, we didn't yeah. need a specific I was going to say it, but I was telling myself no. No, yeah, so don't, don't worry about it. We've yeah. got funds, and so we can um, train young people in um, how to produce a festival mm. and the things that they want to learn, bringing in professionals to teach them. Mm. So I'm the facilitator in that and they're called the in-transit producers and it's a name that I came up with. Nice. And it's because they're in transit. Mm. They're, they've 
left education or they want to know how to become a producer but they haven't done it in the real world yet Mm -hmm. so it's they're in transit they're not really um, producers yet yeah but they want to be on their way they're on their way they're not emerging because everyone uses emerging or young Mm. and everyone hates those terms (laughs) so i came up with a new term in transit producers and there's five of them. They're amazing. If you look on either the B-Side website or my website, you'll be able to see who they are. I can put your they're, website in the... Uh... It's mollyscarborough.com. Nice. Yeah, oh. and they're they're great. If you look at my blog, yeah. And put the details list, in the description There's a list of them on there. They're all amazing. They've all got different ideas, different themes that they want to look at. Um, and they're all very good advocates for young people's voices. That's what we and need, so yeah. that's phenomenal and i'm really excited to you know be working with them like incredible and i get to learn as well so we i'm paying to get them training Mm. as well as me yep and then through that training they then start programming their own y festival so Mm. it's up to them what they program what they think is important we're also using the research that i've previously done with all those 211 young people yeah and also doing our own research so we're meeting with other young groups yeah that particular um, potentially potentially don't have their own say yeah so they might not be involved in these things yeah so we want to make sure yeah make sure that their voice is involved in our program Mm -hmm. I also want them to come but we also want to make sure that the program fits them as well not just the five people organizing (laughs) well yeah exactly yeah yeah. and so we're definitely doing that so that's fun that's sort of like creative basically your your creative passion of uh, or being for a better word, artsy, um, artsy, artsy. Um, you'll be your creative passion of being artsy and stuff mixed with you wanting to be the obviously your marketing side of things as well as being with community. Mm. It's all kind of culminated into this nice thing where yeah. you're now you're now your passion is your job, which is helping young people pursue their passions yeah. for a job. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that's exactly be? what I feel like. Those are the two things that I'm really, you know. Obviously, passion, and also making sure that other people fulfil their passion. Yeah. Like that's what I'm about, and I want to make sure that young people do have the opportunity to get a job in the things that they like to do. Yeah. And also get the opportunity to explore the things that they like to do. Mm. You know, and that's that's also why I want to start up that organisation, mm. mainly because of knowledge, because it's not out there. All of these organisations doing these fantastic things for young people, yeah. but only the elites know about it. You know, yeah. only the people whose parents are artists mm. can be artists mm. because they've got the right just, money, the right connections, yeah, that sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, they know the people. <clears throat> and if you don't know the people, then how can you find out about that? And, and so that's, that's part of what I, you know, that organisation, and that's what that will do. If you do start do. up, I'll have to have you on again and we yeah. can talk about it. Because, like, one of the things. Yeah. Um, one of the questions, I mean, you've basically kind of half answered it because I, I basically think I know what you do with it. But um, one of the other questions that I asked um, my friend Carla and I asked Erin in the podcast that may or may not be released when people are listening to this. I've figured out which order I'm releasing things. Um, but basically what I'm going to vaguely kind of try and do a bit more is ask people on the podcast what they would do if they were just given like a million pounds, for example. And if, if you Whoa. said, if you said just you can't spend oh it God. on yourself directly. Like you can't just buy yourself a giant house, a nice car and go on loads of bender holidays. You'd have to, mm. it has to be a, a, some sort of goal. And my one personally, I sent them on with Aaron, but it was basically, I'd open up some sort of uh, community studio building thing and I'd have 
people who, not just kids, but people who can't afford to pursue passions be able to use it. I'd have podcast stations set up. Yeah. I'd have um, musical instruments everywhere. I'd have video recording equipment mm. and green screens. I mean, this is more of a pipe dream because the amount of money I need for that sort of stuff is very it's high. Quite, yeah. But if I just got given a million pounds, I could just do it. Then mm. I would do that and I'd just spend my time getting people to pursue passions in more mm. media sort of side of things. Things that I know about to a degree yeah. that I could... Because there's so many people who they never get to fulfill their passions because they didn't get the right opportunities. And That's what it's about, isn't it? It's about opening up those opportunities yeah. to people who don't know about them. Yeah. You know, there's loads of things happening, but mm. I didn't know about them. I, well, everything you've said like, today, I didn't know about any of it. You know, the creative employment programme, I didn't know about that. Nor do I. I found I, it right at the end. Yeah. And I was so lucky to be able to take advantage of that. Mm. Who, the, you know, why didn't nobody tell me? Well, exactly. Know? Exactly. Yeah. Like, it's all about... And children and young people find out most of the things from their school. Yeah. So the schools are under so much pressure. They can't, you know, tell them what they can go and do outside of school as well. Mm. Like there's so many things. And, you know, you can email teachers so many times, but they get loads of emails. They can't manage that. They oh can't God, they're busy manage that. So yeah. ha- actually having 20 minutes aside where somebody else, aka me, can come in. <laughs> And be like, look, these are the creative things that are happening in Dorset. These are the opportunities that you can get involved with. Sign up. You know, it's not about me or it's actually about me promoting the other organisations in yeah. Dorset. That's what that's what I it's would spend the money on, It's a bigger cause, yeah, I was going to well, say. Well, a million pounds. Like, God, what would you do? I think, I think, because that's what I want to do. Yeah, that's like, what I, I think I would just be like, I don't want to do it now. forever. Like, yeah. I know that I want to start that up, mm. make sure that's happening, and then somebody else can take it. Yeah. You know, that's what I would like to do. Um, so I just you know, continue with B-side, but maybe quit the other things I was doing. Mm. <laughs> Sorry, guys. And then, <laughs> and then just pursue that. Yeah, you know? yeah. Because that's... That'd be amazing. Yeah, it's always interesting hearing people um, what they would do with like on massive money. Like some people would like to go traveling, and like that's that would be fine. When I, I could say, do that anyway without money. I think yeah. you know, if I really wanted to travel, I could just do it. You know, you don't yeah. need a lot of money to be able to do that. It's funny you say because a friend of mine called TJ on the second podcast I ever did, um, it was just all about traveling, and she was yeah. just talking about traveling around Europe and Asia and that sort of thing. And she said she didn't. You need a certain amount of money, but if you're clever and careful with it, you can save Depends up. Depends sort of how you're traveling. Exactly, that's what she so, said. That's what she said. Yeah. You know, if you're traveling for pure leisure, you oh, yeah. you probably need a little Four-star bit more. Four star hotels, you know, drinking margaritas. Yeah, you would need more money, wouldn't you? But if you were traveling for experience and knowledge, you would pick up jobs along the way, would you not? That's like, exactly what TJ did. Yeah, she said just pick up jobs. bar work for a week. Just yeah. Work in a bar for a week. And live Australia, there. you wouldn't be able to do that, but. Other yeah. places, yeah. Australia, unless you had certificates. Australia is a bit harder though, because Australia getting to Australia yeah. is not just. I'll oh, just pop down to Australia. It's yeah. like eight hundred quid flight at least. You need you need proof that you are a value. Good, you, you know, you're a barman as well, like yeah. or a barwoman. Like you need proper certificates mm. for that. Like, and I don't think many people get that when they <laughs> work in bars. Yeah, you know, I know my cousin went, and she, you know, she'd been working a bar for ages, but she couldn't get a job nah. as a, you know in a bar because she didn't have the right. Paperwork, essentially. Yeah, yeah, which is very strange. It is quite Whereas peculiar. here, you know, it's all about experience. You say what you've done. People are like, oh, okay, yeah, come on. You might not have done the right role before, but you've done the right things. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, in the know. vein. Yeah. yeah, that's what in my job, like where I work an insurance broker at the moment, um, I'm one of the only people in the company who never worked in insurance prior. And they were just like, well, your last job was quite niche where I worked at Wisbit. It was, you yeah. know, was handling projects, handling individuals. Everything was on a deadline, all different uh, clients were wanting different things. And it was 
a similar vein of things and they were just like we'll give you a go and mm. they haven't fired me and my probationary That's period good. ended last the other week so and they said yeah we're not going to fire you basically That's they, great. So, is it like a rolling contract then it's on the- Um it's basically it was just a 6 month probation I'm I'm full and now it's permanent and stuff. now. Yeah, yeah, I've um So <clears> I don't work by that. That doesn't I have contracts, you know. Yeah. Monthlies, we, 6 months. You got like three jobs. Three jobs, yeah. Once, well, also within those jobs, doing so many community outreach projects Loads and stuff, sort of other stuff. Yeah. Whereas me, so, I'm just nine to five, Monday yeah. to Friday. Mine is, mine is. I'm not passionate about insurance. I'm not many. I'm, I'd be kind of worried about people who are because that's a very bizarre thing to be passionate about. But like, like actively, like my thing, my calling in my life calling. is insurance. But I'm a broker as well, so I'm not even an insurer. But like, I do it because everyone I work with is really cool. Uh, I get paid a good enough wage to live on. As yeah. I'd like to be paid more, but who wouldn't? <laughs> um, yeah. Not like, not like guys, anyone listening to this who works with me, I hate you all, I want to be paid more money. More just like, you could always, no, yeah, need, into, yeah. you know, it's always be nice to have more money. Um, but I get paid enough, like a suitable amount, everyone there is cool, I can do the job fine, mm. and the hours are, what I, what I need is consistency, I need routine, I need Monday to Friday, nine to five, done. Then, I don't have to worry about anything else and I can organise my life around that. Yeah. And then I pursue my passions in other yeah. ways, you know, like the podcast and things like that. Yeah. So it's it's all about, like I would, if I could make money out of podcasting, because I think you asked at the start, like yeah. my dream, which is one of those dreams which is unlikely but not impossible, is if I could do this, say for another, I don't know, 10 years, as in uh, do the podcasting and working at my insurance brokers or something. And I built up enough of an audience over time that I could eventually have people uh, <clears throat> paying, say, the Patreon thing that I think we briefly spoke yeah. about. And I could do, you know, exclusive podcasts for people who are subscribers to the to paying for it and that sort of thing. I mean, if I had, I can't, I can't remember the exact amount of listeners I've got at the moment, but like if I had, say, 500 people who were willing to donate £2 each, that's two grand a month. I don't know quite how taxes work with that. I'd have to look into it. But like, yeah. if I if I had a listener base of you know, let's say ten thousand people listened regularly, mm. which that is not <laughs> that is not the numbers right now. But if I got ten thousand people listening, five hundred of those donated two pound a month, which is literally less hey. than a coffee, yeah. then you can make two that's grand. Definitely how you should pitch it. Well, that's kind of. Well, I'm not the only give person. Give up. Give up your you know one of your coffees a day or. Well, give that's up it. Your it's, it's, you can't. Give I think up in one Starbucks, coffee. In a, a month. whole month. Yeah. Whoa. That's and then like I nothing. then I could pursue this as my career. And all I'd do then is I would just like what I've done today, I took a day off work to come down and just hang with you because you're mm. an old friend and to do a podcast. And yeah. I would just invest all my time into podcasting. So I try and record a lot more. I'd end up releasing uh, more than I only release an hour a week at the moment. And this one, because it's longer than an hour, I'll split it in two, like, you know, some mm. of the other ones I've done, where but if I could do it my own way I'd have two episodes released a week, maybe one on a Sunday yeah. or, and then one on a Wednesday. Yeah. I'd have more time to edit and release them and stuff. So I'd be able to, that that would be, and so this, that's, if I, I'm going to aim for that. I don't necessarily, yeah. I'm not going to be naive and think this is definitely going to happen. But like, if I invest time into this, I'm always, I've got my schedule, I have enough interesting people on there and I'm going to start um, investing 10, 20 quid a month into advertising, you know, on Facebook, Instagram and there's a few podcast apps where there's little ads at the start and things yeah. like that. And I'm doing cross-promotional things. And as I get more listeners, more people are going to want to do it. Because if I get a few thousand people listening, more companies may be interested. And I want to... Mm. One of the things I've been thinking of recently is as well as interesting people like yourself and all the other people I've had on, um, I'm going to start reaching out to certain charities and stuff. Like the Air Ambulance, for example, in Southampton. I already did the Hampshire one. I already donate £2.50 a month or something to that. Um, 
and I'd like to get in contact with them. And mm. one of their offices is right near my work, weirdly mm. enough. And I saw a sign for it on when I was delivering posts it's at one point. It's a sign. Uh, there we go. Perfect. <laughs> and so I was just like, maybe I'll give them a shout at one point. And just, I'd love to talk to like a paramedic or a helicopter flyer. Mm. Flyer? Pilot. There you go. Yes, flyer. there we go. You're catching <laughs> my little disease over there. Well, I can't go in there, so I'd like to talk to the helicopter flyer. Because <laughs> like, what kind <laughs> of interviewer are you? I'd <laughs> to talk to the helicopter flyer. <laughs> <laughs> so I just, you know, any charities, and there's quite a few other charities and things for that there's some which are to do with young people about uh being either transgender or lgbtq yeah. plus all these sorts of little charities or just organizations which i think if i could talk to the right representative yeah and not give them the voice like i've got some huge platform but it's like a mutual beneficial thing they can post on their social media about the yeah. podcast more people listening it's to a it. learning opportunity yeah. as well and isn't it exactly and i one of the things i like about doing this podcast um is I've managed to talk to so many people either about things I wouldn't talk to them about normally or just hang with people like obviously you're cool and I really like you Molly but the last Damn. seven years we haven't spoken to each other yeah. not because we don't like each other but because life is so busy you can't keep in contact with everyone all the time well yeah we've but, got like a thousand different friends so. exactly and it's just like you've got so many people in your life not to mention jobs and relationships and family and time itself you know if you work my nine to five Monday Friday I get in from work six o'clock each day yeah well I go to bed about twelve well, mm. after eating, showering, chores, all that crap, I've got like four hours a night. You yeah. Know? And then I've got the weekend as well, where I normally get mullered yeah. on one or two nights of the weekend with my friends. So it's just like, don't have enough time to do everything I want to do. Mm. But with the podcast, it's kind of forcing me to do these things, you yeah. know, and it's it's pushing me to... It's giving you a little schedule as well, isn't it? Yeah. So that's I have to great. release things weekly. So yeah. It's a deadline, which is what I, I try on It's also like deadlines. really exciting. Mm. Yeah, it's always quite... you've got to go and find someone new, find out something new. Yeah, exactly. Get it done. Yeah, and I've got a nice little back catalogue of things I've already recorded. And also, where I live with Josh, we do Science But Simple, mm. which is, I think I release it. I, I haven't intentionally done this, but I've released it every six episodes. Um, oh. I, I just, I've released the first one's number six, the next one's number 12, and then one was number 18. And I was like, maybe I'm going to start do, doing it kind of like that. But it was just coincidence. Yeah. And um, yeah, we just, we talk about scientific things. Because mm. obviously he's really clever and knows everything about science. And has a PhD in marine biology. I did applied science at school. Jeez. No, nothing. There's yeah. a PhD now. No, sorry, I say I always say oh, PhD. What? I'm sorry, Josh. How did you do that? He so always quick. He's gonna. He always listens to my podcast as well. That's the funny thing is, and I've meant I've said PhD not on the podcast, but in real life. And he goes, "Mate, it's a degree." It's like, I'm sorry. And Oops. he's gonna listen to this, and he's gonna tell me because whenever whenever I say something wrong in my podcast, he comes in he's and goes, "Gonna like poison your coffee or something." Maybe, maybe he will. <laughs> I don't drink coffee at home very much for oh. that reason. Sorry, Josh. <laughs> Josh does not have a PhD. He has a marine biology degree. But he should have a PhD because he's a genius. He but probably will do one day. Maybe. He's, he's going into teaching. Is so he? um Yeah. But with the podcast we do, because he lives with me, I've finally got this this thing where I can, if worst case scenario, I really need to release a podcast in a couple of days and I've got nothing pre-recorded. Josh knows things. Well, Josh knows stuff. And we, we talk about, there's a one I did with Reese, which was... um recent josh is number 14 i think we just talk about transgender and mm. gender pronouns like an hour long and we just mm. discuss that and i've got quite a few friends who would be willing to do it at some point mm. and where there's not time constraints with them i can just mm. have that so it is nice to be able to have not only the deadline of i need to get this done but also the safety net of mm. it's not the end of the world also i went, when i went to iceland um i put i think it's when i went to iceland i um i just mentioned on one of my podcasts i was just like I'm not going to release an episode this month. Uh, or it was around Christmas, I think. Uh, it was because Christmas Eve or Boxing Day or something like that. So around Christmas, like Sunday. 
And I was like, no one's going to really... I can't remember that far back. No, can I? <laughs> I was just like, I'm not going to release an episode because I want to just chill out around Christmas time. And no, not no one would listen, but I'd rather just save it, you know? Yeah. So, and none, no one of my listeners have gone, how fucking dare you have a day <laughs> off? We're going to never listen to you again. We're going to slate you online. We hate you. It's like, you know... Everyone's taking a break then. Yeah, exactly. But some people in the podcast groups I like have gone, they actually don't like it when people take uh, breaks because they're like, not that not they're annoyed that anyone does, but they're like, everyone takes a break at the same time and I haven't got any new podcasts. And not like yeah. a, not like a, ugh, but it's like, I get it. But it's like, no, yeah. I kind of want to, it's like no new albums come out. That's true. Or It's like, the best time to promote yourself. Well, that's what Christmas I did. Time. Well, that's what I did because loads of people on social media, I just spent the week, from every day I promoted a previous episode I did. And what I'm going to start doing is, I think I did it this week, is on Thursdays, just do Throwback Thursday of just an mm. old episode I did. Yeah. Just because when I started out, no one was really listening because of my first episode. So now yeah, it's kind of like... Yeah, some people might not have heard them yet. Yeah, yeah precisely. Mm. That's me being all self-indulgent to me podcasting for ages and that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, it's... Um, everything you do, like with the million pound thing, the question, I mean, I was going to ask you about that, but then you were just like, your, your goal. Have, have you got... So have you got like a goal for the for the next five years, ten years, or anything like that? Like any... I'm not going to force you to... No, I don't think I do. I think that's that's the next thing, that organisational idea. <clears throat> and then after that, I really just don't know. Yeah. It's um, kind of like a free-flowing thing. That's nice, really. yeah, that's good. It's, it's, things seem to... I think I seem to find the right things at the right time. That happens quite a lot of people. It's... <clears throat> Because you're doing the right things, aren't you? You're doing yeah. the things you like, and then you end up finding the other thing that you really like. Yeah. And so it just sort of naturally flows that way. Mm. And I, th- I am thinking of looking at sort of reshuffling a few things at the moment, mm. because I've been doing the exact same thing for over a year now. Yeah. And so maybe something needs to change. You know, I am a, I'm self-employed, mm. so I can change what I'm doing yeah I can change what time I'm doing so you know I don't have a nine to five mm. like you I can be up at 5 a.m working or you know yeah. and your your work dynamic is different to mine because mine I've got workers to, to put money on the table and then my passion is something separate yeah but yours is like some sort it's of combination combined. it's yeah. the same thing isn't it yeah. so I think Ben doesn't really understand it because mm. he he's got like a normal job yeah he's like data analyst yeah Nine to five, mm. well, nine thirty to five thirty okay. to be specific. Let's be quite specific with that. And um, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, like he doesn't. I guess he doesn't understand it because I'm working nearly all the time, really. Mm. Yeah. Because you know, I take breaks at different times in the day. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm starting to restructure it a little bit, so I do um, schedule in personal time. Yeah. Ah. So there's now a thing where. Personal have to time schedule sounds... personal time. That's a personal thing. Personal time. That's a thing. And, <laughs> that makes um, you think of like someone's like. <laughs> it does sound bad, doesn't it? it, it does. It's sound like sad. I need to go into the uh, the bedroom I, for half an I hour to, for some personal some time. Personal time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but like <clears throat> working on my own stuff, not working on you know, because self-employed, I've got three jobs, which is, you know, that's quite a lot, mm. and um, it works. It's meant to work out at four point five days a week. Yeah. It doesn't really. You end up doing a, lo- a little bit more. Well, that's what happens that. when you're self You end up yeah. just putting... You go, oh, just, if well, I finish this it's now, also, it's only going to take another... It's also like when you've got a self-employed contract, your freelance contract, you have to do a certain amount of things in a certain time. Mm. But it also says in your contract that you have to do those things no yeah. matter how long it takes. So if you do it quicker, good on you. Yeah. If it takes longer, well, it sucks, but you still have to do it. Yeah. So... Um, 
But also there's like, I've been thinking recently, you know, there's a sort of fight against quality or quantity. And, you know, you put a lot of time in to things because you want them to be the best that they can be. Exactly, yeah. Uh, but then that's when you end up spending, you know, then your value mm. of as a self-employed person, artist, whatever you may be, mm. becomes less because you're doing more stuff for the same amount of pay. Yeah, yeah. So then your actual rate of pay goes down <laughs> the more yeah. time you spend on it. So yeah. I've been looking at that again recently. You have to keep on sort of... reevaluating. Yeah, assessing yourself, really. Because, mm, yeah. oh God, am I doing... Am I really doing the right thing? Am I spending the right amount of time on things? It's easy to delve and get stuck in like a rabbit hole, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, and it's work. also like, I want to be a producer. I also want to perform. You know, I've still got that solo show that we haven't spoken about, but... I've got a solo show that I want to make. Yeah. Um. I've got like a draft of it that I made like three years ago. Yeah. But um, like I've spent time um, sort of establishing myself as a professional. Mm. Um. Be that as a sort of facilitator and producer, creative collaborator. Mm. I, I've stolen that from Kate McStraw, um, okay. who I work with. <laughs> she calls herself a creative collaborator, and I really like that term. That's a good name. So I'm yeah. just sort of stealing that one. <laughs> she said I could, so it's fine. So as a creative collaborator, and so I've established myself. I've got money now. Mm. You know, I've got a job. <laughs> I've got jobs <laughs> that I'm getting paid for. Yeah. And so now it's trying to make sure that I structure in time for me to raise funds to be able to create that show or to get the right support to create that show. Yeah. And so that's difficult, you know, managing mm. that time. Um, you know, I write a few blogs about stuff like that. So if anyone does creative things and they want to find out what I think about them, you know, give me a little follow on my website. Yeah, I'll include all your yeah. I'll include all your links and uh, stuff in the description and in all the places mm. and whatnot. And I'll, I'm going um, to do a blog. I've written a sort of blog, but I haven't put it out yet about time management. Mm. I think it's a really good thing to think about, and also because a lot of the time people think that responding to emails straight away makes you look really good, and that is like the efficient way to do it. Right, but it's not. It's not efficient at all doing it that way. Um, responding to things straight away isn't good, hmm. really, because people think that you're working all the time. Yeah. Also, because that might not be the most important thing right now. Yeah. And that's how computers work, and that's sort of what I talk about is computers, you know, um, put them in order. They go right. So what's the what's the most important thing? Yeah. And I'm gonna put them in little buckets, hmm. and so I don't need to look at that for another hour. Yeah. So that. That email from Perbet Valley Folk Festival, mm. I don't need to look at that yet because yeah. I'm actually working on B-Side mm. and the Y Festival and that's what I'm doing right now. Yeah. And you've got to try to be really strict with yourself sometimes to mm. not do those three jobs at the same time. Yeah. Because then it gets a little bit complicated. <laughs> time, time management is key for a lot of things. I mean, like with me, with the podcast, I'm obviously doing time management a lot of the time. Yeah. And even like, I get the occasional email. I've had a couple of emails um, with people either wanting to do uh, collaborations or sort of promos, these sort of things. It's like, if I answer every one of them immediately, as soon as I get them, well, it's like, I haven't had time to process it or do that. And then, you know, just getting out your phone putting yourself in okay I've got to think about this email if you leave it and go okay some point tonight I'll just set aside I'll I'll keep the email as unread or whatever so I, I won't forget about it mm. leave that later on in the evening once you've eaten showered and mm. everything and you've got okay I've got a couple of hours to do what I want you just sit there half an hour just go re- uh, respond to them all do all the things yeah. you need to do and it's all kind of it's there has to be a healthy amount of compartmentalization I yeah. find with yeah. everything yeah. and and it, it happens with um 
with pleasure and work as well. Mm. And obviously when yours is kind of like a mix, it's even more, it's like the lines are more blurred in a sense. But it's, you know, you get people who work way too much. And mm. I, I understand because my dad, um, he uh, ran his own company and he worked every day of the week, you know, yeah. nine, nine to five Monday to Friday. And then Saturday, Sunday, it was like nine to 12-ish. But sometimes mm. he did more if he was really busy. And that's fine, but I find that he partially worked himself to death because yes. him getting ill because of the cancer was partially, I imagine... Because he didn't pay attention to his own well, health. Well, exactly. And he didn't... He knew he was a little bit um, ill in this, but he didn't want to He didn't have the himself... time for it. That's well, the exactly. thing. You need to... He's that's too focused what, on that's work. That's what I'm doing as well. Yeah, like, that's 100%. Structuring that time so I think about myself, mm. what I want to do, even if that's work, passion, or health. Yeah. You know, I'm making sure that that's in my diary and yeah. that's aware to all the people I'm working with as well. Exactly. Created a nice little colour coded little diagram for people that's when, you know you're when I'm not working for them. Yeah. So they know that Just uh, on that I'm, time yeah. unless it's unbelievable emergency just, yeah. just leave um, it to yeah, the next point. I am point. freelance though. I can still work for different people nearly any day. Yeah. But I do have requirements from certain jobs. Yeah. You know, B-side requires me to be there on Tuesdays. Yeah. Therefore I can't work for anyone else on a Tuesday. Yeah. You know, some days like Monday and Friday they're a mixture of things. Mm. So I do half one thing and half the other. Yeah. So I am more available. Mm, exactly. So, well, it's a good thing. Time management is very key with people. Um, and it's like, one thing that I find a lot of people don't do is they don't give, you, you don't get, people don't get the balance right of work and play. Often mm. I find there's people who play way too much and then never get things done. Or I find generally, I don't know if it's the people I associate myself with, but I find people work too much. And what ends up happening is they're working all the time. They don't give Guilty. themselves... <laughs> But to be honest, like with the people, my friends say that I I make my own life difficult because I make myself so busy all the time. But I but that's the way you operate. Well, I thrive. I I I can't. It's like we were talking about when I had that uh, bit of time off, uh, the the two months between jobs, and when I started on the podcast, I had to be doing something all the time because you know I do exercise for an hour or two in a day, and then I also um, you know I socialise and that sort of jazz, but also go to the cinema. But then I've got to make sure I'm looking for jobs when I was unemployed and starting up the podcast, looking at research of how you start up a podcast, all these yes. sorts of... And it's like, I need to be doing something, but even if I'm... If I plan, right, tonight, like I watch... Uh, with Josh, I watch anime quite a lot. We just watched uh, a few things on Netflix, like Full Metal Alchemist, and we're currently watching something called Fairy Tale. And, mm. yeah, a lot of fun. And because I used to watch Dragon Ball Z a lot when I was younger, yeah, that sort of I thing. I used to watch Dragon Ball Z. I love Dragon Ball Z. I was thinking about getting a Dragon Ball Z tattoo at some point, actually. A little cheeky one. Yeah. I'd love it. Flames coming up. <laughs> yeah, just like be Super Saiyan all the way. <laughs> it's, um, yeah, so with, and with Josh, I set aside that time, and it's... Even if That's sometimes, nice. yeah, and yeah. sometimes it's like I need to, I feel like, oh, I should do work or anything. But it's like, it's so easy to burn yourself out. It's very, especially when you're, when you've got uh, almost the motivation or the drive to do it, you end up, when you're being self-employed, it must be more so, where you're like, okay, I'm working and working and working. And then it gets to five or six, like, I should take a break or I should eat something. Mm. And then you're like, yeah, but if I just work for another hour or two, yeah, I'll get everything eating, done. Eating is definitely a thing that I miss out a lot of the time. I, I started to a little bit. I've had to align myself. You have to, sure. yeah, because it's also like you have to think about your health as yeah, well. Because it's so easy, like, I find, to miss meals. Just yeah. like, I'm really busy. I'm not going to eat dinner tonight. Yeah. And you do it. And then it gets like nine. And then like, I find I just, I, I don't feel hungry. Eaten. I haven't eaten at all today. Yeah. That happens quite often and I don't get hungry because of it why is it hurting is I just get in a really shit mood I get hang- I get like hangry <laughs> yeah, basically yeah. but I, I'm not like oh, I'm starving hungry well, I haven't eaten I'm more like I get I get that point but then you I go, go past that yeah, point yeah you go past it and then yeah. I'm just like I'm just in a bad mood I just feel like <laughs> shit and I'm like yes. I feel like depressed I'm like yeah. I hate everyone then someone talks to you and you're a bit of a dick to them and then they're like oh someone's on the wrong side of the bed and you're like 
wait a minute, what's going on today? Why am I in such a bad mood? Nothing bad has happened. Then you go, oh, I haven't eaten in nine hours or I haven't eaten since yesterday evening. So it's been like, yeah. you know, it's, it's out now it's like 18 hours since I've had anything to eat mm. after I like two glasses of water. It's like, that's and why. And we I forget that that affects us. We I like think. to think it doesn't though. We forget, we, yeah. we forget that like, you know, we need to have basic needs. Well, that's what annoys me about being human in a way, that thing of, the amount of times I've got loads of work to do, it's like, yeah, but I need to eat tonight, which is cooking and eating it. Then I need to have a shower and then I need to cut my fingernails, I need to shave, you know, I need to all do, and it ends up being like two, sometimes three hours and chores and all these things that add up because you have to eat. And it's like, you know, it's three hours because you have to live. And it's like, oh, I can't be arsed. It's annoying, yeah, isn't it's it? Like I've got shit God, to do. Thank I don't, you. Uh, yeah. Jeez. Well, it's good that we were uh, <clears throat> on the same, on the same page. page for that. Yeah. Ooh, jinx, I can't oh, jinx, I can't talk. Oh, my God. Oh, God. There was people say jinx i don't know if you got it because jinx being... padlocked yeah and then if you talk they try and punch you yeah really and then what i remember what happened was someone would say um, to say your whole name three yeah, times someone else had to say it yeah and, it's, and you had to t- say it to them and, they, and loads of people were like, oh, gonna say it. all i would do is i would just and some people wouldn't know your middle name and then you would be locked <laughs> forever. jinxed forever you're never some people... See, that's why my middle name's on facebook guys yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so i'm never muted never worried about yeah. <laughs> never muted that's great <laughs> i just remember people being like can't talk and you're talking, they punch in the arm. And then you just go, okay. And you just punch them back. And they go, and they go, you can't do that. It's like, yes, well, I can. Yes. It's not part of the game. Yeah. I'm not playing your fucking game, mate. Yeah. I didn't say that because I was like 12. <laughs> <laughs> I was a little goody two-shoes. I didn't swear for quite a while. Chamberlain did change me, though, with the chaps. Oh, yes. It's... Oh, Christ. All that. Transformative place. Yeah, very... Uh, Perhaps maybe not in the best of ways. <laughs> maybe not, no. Uh, watching Chavs chase a gay dude around a school and throw stones at him was... It was an eye-opener of, oh, there are people who can be pieces of shit, but also they're young and they have that weird... They've thought about it. Like, they don't yeah. understand. Cause yeah, they were real was... bullies, weren't they? Oh, um, horrendous. At our school. Yeah. yeah, I didn't let that happen. No. They pushed... Who did they push? They pushed, like, Little last... Louie or something. Well, you can say Little Louie, because no one knows who Little Louie is. They won't but... know who that is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was just like... Oh, I remember that you I'd talking like, to him about that. Just balancing them back off of me yeah i was like don't you dare <laughs> not in my school sir yeah but why bully people just because they're smaller than you it's because like, they were complex. walking down the corridor and they thought let's play ping pong oh you small to... year seven they used to do that well, the year 11s no, used to do it all they the time they couldn't do it to me <laughs> part of the that's part too of the... strong <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh, have those kids you'd have the year 11s i remember when i was in year seven and when you're in year six in primary school you're like i'm on top of the world even though you're 10 or 11 yeah, and Boom. then, bam, bottom of the food chain and Back at the, the difference, bottom of the chain. Exactly. In the diff- when you're in primary school, when you're like 10, you're still pretty weak. But like a, like a 16-year-old compared to a 10-year-old is quite a gap, mm. you know. And you walk down the corridor and they just push you. And you're so small compared to them. It's ping pong, ping pong. They used to do that thing at our school where they used to um, get deodorant cans and lighters and try and yes. melt people's shoes with them. Oh, God. Fuck. We're a classy, classy bunch. We were. But we basically pretty much hit the two-hour mark. Oh, my uh, God. Yeah. It's... Uh, Madness, isn't it? Time flies when you're having fun. It's Two also, hours. Yeah, it's uh, well, to, it's one hour fifty. But obviously, I normally yeah. do like a little intro and outro thing. So I, generally about the hour sort of thing, and we seem to have come into a a nice little natural, natural uh, stop. No, it's not, it doesn't sound very natural. It's like a Fade. decline. Fade, decline, whatever. That's it. <laughs> um, it's also because it's so light outside. Um, it doesn't seem like it any time has passed. It doesn't feel like time has passed. Well, so when, when people come over to the podcast before, if they start like three-ish and it's in winter, by four, four thirty, like it's dark. Yeah, yeah, so it's very easy to tell the time. We're just looking out at the beach. How lush it is out there. And then I'm going to drive home so I can hang out with the guys. Uh, oh, yeah, it's uh, Friday night. What are you doing tonight? 
working and sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on, uh, Molly. Well, definitely, when you get yeah. all the other sort of stuff moving, we'll have to do another one and chat about all your sort of other projects mm-hmm. going on. Very busy got individual. loads of stuff to talk about. I've got a LGBT project that I can Ooh, talk about, which yeah. might be interesting with your... You know, gender chats. Yeah, well, that's that's what I'm trying to do. I mean, there's um, I haven't had anyone. A few of the women I've had on have been bisexual, but not that they're just. I think mm. everyone I've ever dated has been bi as well. But it's quite a woman who's bi uh. is quite common. <laughs> but like more, there's I know one or two people who know someone who's transgender, and I'd really like to talk to someone who's transgender. I think that'd be a really mm-hmm. interesting talk. Not because you hear these things with like Laverne Cox or Caitlyn Jenner, all these big Hollywood people doing it, and that's fine. But there's very few chats about. People aren't famous who've I'm gone through it. Actually, working. I I run a bursary scheme at mm. B side with young artists. Mm. I'm actually working with a young transgender. Oh really? Man. Yeah. Oh, that'd be really interesting because yeah, yeah. There's I will have to drop with um, Scroobius Pip. Obviously, we discussed before. He got me into podcasting, and he's his podcast is pretty huge now. It's British. He has a podcast with uh, it's called Tall Dark Friend, and it's oh. Jordan something. I can't remember the full name, but it was a. Um, it's transgender. I believe it was a male to female. Uh, they're they're a musical artist actually. They've got a, some, quite a few tracks out and stuff. And um, the podcast chat with them is really good because they're from somewhere in London. They were never rich, so hearing from a transgender person who's if you're in Hollywood, it can be difficult in other ways. But if you've got loads of money, lo- when you've got loads of money, life I'm not saying is easier. It's a lot easier. I know that I was speaking about that as yeah. well. Um, you know, he's um, we were talking about it the other day. Yeah, how. He had to wait two years. Yeah. With Hollywood stars. They just do it tomorrow. It's you and know the top end easy, surgeon, easy, loads of money straight away. Um, is that a good or a bad thing? We, you know, it's a hard they, one. Ha, have they thought about it enough? Mm. You know, they can do it so quickly. Yeah. They don't have that period of time where they have to go through all these processes. And, yeah. Exactly. Transformations and all this. Um, well, a good analogy for it. Hormones and stuff. A good analogy, which is it's not quite comparable because it's so minor in comparison, but an easy way for people to kind of wrap their head around it if they're having any difficulty would be a tattoo, right? Mm. Tattoo is on you forever, unless obviously you get burned off and that sort of thing. But for, for this argument, tattoos forever. I didn't have the money to get a tattoo when I was really young. Um, I and my parents wouldn't have paid for it or anything. So I got it as a. I got some of the money as a gift from my mum for my. Uh, 22nd birthday or something like that um, and my girlfriend at the time she gave me a little bit of money for it and I put some more money but it cost best part 400 quid well mm. that's especially when you're working that's quite a large chunk you know mm. especially when I don't earn that much like that's yeah. that's a good chunk of my money right and my rent is more than that for example you know so it's like a little, only a little bit more so it's like if I had as much if I someone gave me loads and loads and loads of money right now I'd probably get the Star Wars sleeve done by the end of the year mm. but maybe that's not the best thing for it you know maybe yeah. it's good to wait and so this tattoo is two years old I'm planning another one this year I've got a tattoo voucher mum got me for my birthday and I've each month I'm putting 20-40 quid away in this little slip and then when I get 400 quid I can go you know so over time I can add to it yeah. but if I had all the money my whole arm would be sleeved if I was really yeah. rich I'd probably have tattoos both sleeves and then yeah. I'd get to 30 and I wouldn't have any space left yeah and with that tiny analogy of just that's a permanent thing, when you have something as huge life-changing as transgender, like there are people who can go through a lot of stuff who think they want to transition and then they get to the final hurdle and maybe something changes they don't want to because of hundreds of reasons, which obviously that's a whole other topic for a whole other podcast. But yeah. like 
all these things to think about and that's a very good point i hadn't thought of with the hollywood stars being able to do it immediately rather than having time to think about it as much so mm. i would definitely love to like, either chat yeah there's thousands of processes to go through you know if you're doing it on the nhs and you mm. don't have the money yeah you know you have to wait yeah and blah 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 go I... through this go through these forms of things go to these meetings yeah. then you're allowed your hormones yeah which should be then, the way you should go yeah. you should have psychological profiling all these sorts to make yeah. sure they're in the right mindset to at the moment it's too long yeah. but still it should it there should be well what we were saying that there should be you know a process yeah yeah like, definitely they shouldn't be able to just snap your fingers essentially but mm. i totally agree with you there i mean um but yeah, well, um, I'll talk to you about it after the podcast about some other sort of um, ideas because mm. I'm sure we could do a lot more collaborations yeah. and stuff. That'd be great. But um, yeah, thank you very much, Molly. Um, if you want to just, I'll put it in the description if you just want to say uh, if you got on any social media or any blogs or anything like that. Yeah, you so shout out to. you can follow me or you can research me on mollyscarborough.com. My and you can find all my social media on there as well. Yeah. My Twitter and my Instagram. They're both yeah. Molly Scar. Oh, nice. Molly Scar. Nice, edgy. So, oh, so edgy. <laughs> and so, yeah, just uh, email me if you want as well. Like, yeah. I'm cool to have a chat about stuff. Awesome. Well, that's a great time to end it. Thank you very much for being on your podcast. Thanks, Thanks for guys. having me. No Thanks worries at all. It's all yeah. good. Lots of fun. Ciao. And that's the end of part two. Thanks as always for tuning in, guys. Um, as we and Molly were discussing in the uh, podcast, um, I've put some of her contact details in the description, just like I did in the last episode. So, yeah, feel free to contact her if you desire. Um, and you can find all her sort of social media jazz and whatnot in, among her website um, as well. Um, next week is going to be me chatting with my buddy Jack. Uh, now, the first part, which will be released, um, we speak about Scotland... Um, we talk about movies a little bit. We talk about the Second Amendment in America, uh, black influence in sort of culture, music, and identity politics. Uh, we then talk about motorbike collisions. Like he's been in one or two motorcycle accidents, which is which are really really interesting to hear about. And we talk about just general sort of uh, automobile incidences. Uh, and then we talk about focusing on the differences and similarities between us as well, um, which I think goes into the sort of identity politics a little bit. Um, and then we go towards the end. Uh, we delve a little bit into Jack's heart condition. Um, I can't remember. If for the life of me what it's called um but he he has this heart condition which is it makes a regular heartbeat uh, it can go really fast or really slow it can go sort of times where it doesn't beat for a while and then suddenly beats quite a bit it, it's it's crazy to hear about and the sort of effect it has on his body and he almost uh, has died from it um so that's really interesting um and then the second part of the chat we delve into a lot more detailed things. I think we speak about uh, quantum mechanics, uh, more into his heart condition, uh, aliens, uh, a few conspiracy theories. So part one is the sort of grounded culture, sort of, uh, you know, Scotland, England, black influence music, all these sort of things I've just mentioned. It's quite a sort of grounded things. Uh, and then the part two is going to be a bit more crazy and a bit more off the rails in a sense. Um, but when I release the episode next week, uh, at the end of part one, I imagine I'll talk about uh, part two a little bit more. Because um, at the moment, I don't quite have time to listen back to the whole episode, even though I really want to. But I'm about to have a barbecue. So going to be doing that instead. So sorry, guys. The quality of the podcast description for next week is lowered because I'm selfish and have a social life. <laughs> anyway... Um, thanks as always for tuning in guys um you know make sure you like us on instagram facebook and twitter review us on itunes uh, facebook any of those sorts of places always appreciate it any feedback i'm happy with um i think that's really it unless i've forgotten something and then i have to try and certainly shoulder it in later on but i don't think i've done that this time so 
hopefully that'll be the end of it. Um, Thanks as always for tuning in, guys. Really appreciate it. And I'll uh, talk to you next week.